When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. One morning, in March of 1716, off the coast of the island of New Providence in the Bahamas, pirate captain Olivier Levasseur gazes out to sea aboard his ship. The Postillon, a swift yet light craft equipped with only four guns. Nicknamed the Buzzard and known for his hit-and-run attacks, the French pirate has been sailing the seas around the Caribbean and Antilles for several months now his ship's hold bursting at the seams with loot ready to spend. Over the course of his adventures and encounters, Olivier Levasseur has heard of a certain Captain Hornigold, an English pirate said to have set up an outlaw post on Nassau, the biggest island in the Bahamas. When finally reaching dry land, the buzzard is met with a warm welcome and the sight of hundreds of men, pirates every one of them, as well as shops and taverns where he might spend his booty. Most important of all, he meets other ambitious captains keen on sailing the seas as outlaws. While his men busy themselves with rum and women, Olivier Levasseur sits at a table with a few other pirate captains. Together they decide to form a brotherhood, a group of bandits roaming the high seas. They call themselves the Flying Gang. And for years on end, they would go on to pillage and plunder the Caribbean sowing terror in their wake. The Buzzard is the only Frenchman among these pirates and will soon forge a name and reputation for himself. And so, a legend is born. To celebrate the release of the new Skull and Bones video game, discover the stories of some of the most infamous pirates of the Indian Ocean. The cruel, bloodthirsty privateers, buccaneers, and sailors-turned-criminals terrorized and pillaged the seas. Pirates were not born. They were made. I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and you're listening to Gangsters of the Seas. Little is known of Olivier Levasseur other than the fact that he was born in Calais on November 5th, 1695. Raised by his mother, he grew up in the company of sailors. His grandfather passed his passion for the open sea down to him, teaching him the basics of sailing and telling him tales of the most renowned French seafarers. At the tender age of 14, Levasseur joined a privateer crew tasked with protecting France's coast from English and Dutch ships an experience that plunged him straight into the heart of the action. His ship took part in the War of the Spanish Succession that saw Louis XIV of France take on the old world's greatest powers. Levasseur disappears from view during this period, but his name resurfaced after the war, this time on the other side of the Atlantic, 
in the Antilles. No longer a lowly sailor, he was now captain of his own ship. He and his crew were part of a large fleet led by a French privateer, tasked with attacking and pillaging English and Dutch colonies in the Caribbean by royal order. In 1713, the French fleet managed to take the wealthy Dutch colony of Curaçao off the coast of Venezuela. After seven days of violent and bloody combat, during which a number of fighters were tortured and killed, the French sailors slaughtered and imprisoned hundreds of enemy soldiers. It was a decisive victory that marked the end of a successful campaign. For Olivier Levasseur, these few months spent fighting were a revelation. He made a charismatic leader, loved by his men and capable of remarkable feats. But the War of the Spanish Succession drew to a close, and on August 24, 1713, peace was declared. And the Atlantic privateers and buccaneers' work was done. Tens of thousands of men found themselves at a loss and out of a job overnight. The English admiralty that had once provided livelihood for over 40,000 sailors during the war only kept 10,000 on once the peace treaty had been signed. Many of these men had been roaming the seas around the Caribbean islands for over a decade by then. There was no way they were going back home to the old world. Some of them settled on the islands, while others decided to return to the sea and become bandits. From 1715 on, the governors of the European states in the islands noted a boom in the number of pirates sailing the seas. The Atlantic's warm waters were heaving with outlaws. And Olivier Levasseur was one of them. In early June 1715, he was an officer aboard the Postillon. A small French ship due to depart from St. Louis in Saint-Domingue to return to France. But the sailor had developed a taste for heavenly beaches and gold stacked up in holds of ships that cruised through the region. His heart was set on staying exactly where he was. In a matter of hours, he had convinced a dozen sailors to join him in a mutiny. On June 3rd, the rebels weighed anchor and ventured deep into the hold where they stashed their weapons. On deck, Levasseur raised his gun to the captain's head and ordered him to hand over control of the ship. Once the captain was off the ship, the mutineers decided to vote. Olivier Levasseur was officially appointed captain of the Postillon. Because the crew was too small to tackle the merchant ships, they made their way into Martinique for an important pit stop. While there, they stocked up on supplies and ammunition. And it was also a good opportunity to recruit more crewmates. In total, 30-odd men joined the new pirate captain. And the Postillon was ready to set out on the hunt. It didn't take Levasseur long to make his first haul. In the late summer of 1715, his ship came across a French vessel, and his pirate flag was hoisted for the first time. It was an image that would strike fear into the merchant ships and sailors, four skulls and crossbones, complete with two white tears each, set against the black backdrop. This message was clear. Surrender or die. For the very first time, the Postillon's cannons roared, 
hurling cannonballs through the enemy ship and leaving its hull in tatters. The pirates may have been few in number, but they were valiant. Led on by their captain, they hoisted themselves aboard, rattling their cutlasses as terrified sailors trembled. When the battle was over, the vanquished crew laid down their arms, and Olivier Lavasseur, his hand resting on the pommel of his cutlass, was triumphant. His thick beard couldn't hide his smile. Drenched in blood, he had just taken his first ship and was now a true bandit of the seas. Over the course of over a year, the pirate crew sailed around the region, looting ships carrying precious cargo from the New World's European colonies. It was during this time that Captain Levasseur carved out something of a name for himself, earning the reputation as a bold, swift pirate who would swoop down on his prey like an eagle. And so, the buzzard was born. After this year spent sailing around, the buzzard arrived at the New Providence safe haven in the Bahamas, where Captain Hornigold had set up shop. Along with other outlaws such as Samuel Bellamy, Black Sam to his friends, and Edward Teach, also known as the infamous Blackbeard, they formed a brotherhood known as the Flying Gang. The buzzard was the only Frenchman in the club, and he was respected and seen as a brother in arms by most of the men. As the summer of 1716 faded, Captain Hornigold was overturned, and Samuel Bellamy was elected head of the Brotherhood. He and the Buzzard were close, and together they launched a series of attacks in the Virgin Islands, seizing ship after ship. In the spring of 1717, Levasseur had arrived back in New Providence when he had heard he lost his friend Bellamy at sea. Despite this news, the Frenchman had no plans of slowing down. Yet there was trouble afoot. The endless assault and chaos brought about by thousands of pirates in the Caribbean had ultimately attracted the attention of Europe's major powers, who decided to get things back under control. In early 1718, George I of England sent out the message to all regions' pirates. Either they would agree to an amnesty and give up piracy for good, or they would be hunted down and taken straight to the gallows. Over in New Providence, the king's words rang out loud and clear, sending shockwaves through the pirate hideout. Many decided to take up the royal offer, while others, including Levasseur, categorically refused. They knew their days in the Caribbean were numbered, and it was time to set sail for safer shores. A year later, in January 1719, Olivier Levasseur and the Postillon could be found along the coast of Guinea in West Africa. This time, the buzzard had joined forces with two English pirates who were running amok in the region. Their main targets were slave ships that carried human cargo to European colonies in the New World. But the buzzard wasn't like his two partners. He was a charismatic, refined man who killed for business, not pleasure. He would spare the men, but ransack each ship's hold for treasure. On the other hand, the two Englishmen were vicious, bloodthirsty, pitiless criminals who would behead without a backwards glance, spilling blood as easily as they would rum. When they took a ship, it wasn't a pretty sight. 
itafanyika hivi karibuni kazi itafanyika In April 1719, the buzzard managed to save a captain from death, a Frenchman from Saint-Malo. Just as the rope was being knotted around his neck, Levasseur succeeded in persuading his two associates to let the man and his crew go free, allowing them to clamber aboard a makeshift raft and paddle towards the coast. In doing so, the buzzard took the French captain's ship for himself and left his now too small postillon to sink. This marked a turning point, and the French crew and English pirates parted ways. The buzzard turned south, heading toward the Cape of Good Hope and the Horn of Africa, where he decided to travel to the island of St. Marie, off the western coast of Madagascar. He knew this would be a safe haven for many pirates like himself, men who had fled the Caribbean, and he had hoped too that he would find sanctuary and new companions there. In the spring of 1720, Levasseur was preparing to set off from the island of Mayotte in the Comoro Islands, northwest of Madagascar. There was no avoiding this spot on the way to the new promised land. But just as they weighed anchor, the ship collided with the shallows. The pirates managed to save the treasure in the hold and make it out with their lives, but the ship had sunk. The buzzard and his crew were saved by two pirate captains. Englishmen who had heard of the French bandit. John Taylor and Edward England suggested Olivier Levasseur join them on a trip to the Indies, where they planned on filling their hold up with all the treasure they could find. It didn't take long for the buzzard to accept. A year later, however, the results were disappointing. They had barely earned enough to keep themselves afloat. Many of the men blamed one of the three captains, Edward England. During their campaign off the coast of India, Edward had systematically refused to attack English ships, allowing rivers of gold to slip through their fingers and denying them a small fortune. This was unforgivable, and in early spring of 1720, Edward England was marooned on a beach in Mauritius. The buzzard was at the helm of victory now, controlling the ship that belonged to the forsaken captain. He got to put his new vessel to the test soon enough. On April 26th, the pirates drew into the bay of Saint-Denis at Réunion Island. From the crow's nest, one of the men spotted a ship anchored near the coast, the Virgin of the Cape. Aboard this 800-ton, 72-gun Portuguese ship was Count Airicera, the viceroy of Goa in India. He was on his way back to Europe after 10 years spent overseas, and his hold was creaking under the weight of countless treasures, rich payment for a long campaign in Portugal's colonies. The Virgin of the Cape was in bad shape. The crew had survived a violent storm, and the damage was extensive. The rudder had taken a hit, and two-thirds of the guns were either out of action or had fallen overboard. The ship's wooden framework was damaged too. The crew sought shelter on Réunion Island to repair the ship and enjoy the French governor's hospitality. That day, only the manual workers and a handful of lookouts were aboard the Virgin of the Cape, and the buzzard and Captain Taylor were closing in on them. In a bid to sneak by undetected, 
They flew English flags, but their ruse didn't work. The Viceroy was suspicious and rushed aboard the ship with a few of his men. Once the pirates had drawn close enough to fire, they raised their black pirate flag. The attack was launched, not even a mile off the coast. Taylor and the buzzard positioned themselves on either side of the deck, and dozens of cannonballs raised down on the Virgin of the Cape, dealing considerable damage. The Portuguese crew put up a brave fight. The guns that were still usable were put to work and hit their targets. A few hours later, Levasseur decided that he had had enough. It was time to finish them off, raising his cutlass high above his head. He called out to his men, giving them the signal to board the enemy ship. The pirates threw themselves onto the Portuguese decks and found themselves face to face with Portuguese soldiers and their muskets. Deafening gunfire rang out amidst the vicious carnage. The cutlass blades drew rivers of blood that rushed down the main deck, while the crowds on the shore watched in disbelief. Despite their valor, the Viceroy of Goa and his men had no choice but to lay down their arms. There were no match for the hundreds of crazed, relentless pirates. The end was near. And as the pirates eased themselves onto the hold, their jaws dropped. Before their eyes lay treasure, the likes of which they could never have imagined. Gems and jewels, coffers overflowing with coins of silver and gold, rare woods, sacks of precious gemstones and the finest of silky fabrics and priceless vases. They even found a gold cross encrusted with over 20 pounds worth of diamond. Some historians estimate the value of the treasure recovered by Buzzard and Taylor to be worth over $4 billion in today's money. It was the greatest pirate booty ever looted. Olivier Levasseur took the Portuguese ship as a prize, and he renamed her the Victoru. He had her towed to a safer bay where he had repairs carried out before setting off again alongside Captain Taylor. The two men knew there was a bounty on their heads now, so they made their way towards southern Madagascar. They had planned to seek shelter and lay low somewhere, but fortune had other plans in store. A new ship belonging to the French East India Company emerged on the horizon. This was too good an opportunity to pass up. Once again, the brothers-in-arms nabbed themselves a spectacular haul. This ship was due to carry supplies and slaves to the French colonies of Bourbon and Mauritius, and news that it had been taken infuriated the French authorities. That was the last straw. The pirates would be tracked down. Taylor and the buzzard parted ways, with the English captain deciding to head back to the Atlantic. Olivier Levasseur, meanwhile, opted to set up base in Antongo a quiet bay tucked away in Madagascar, just north of the pirate sanctuary in St. Marie. The French authorities offered him an amnesty deal several times, but the buzzard was no fool. With all the crimes he had committed, he knew he would hang. All he had to do, he reasoned, was keep a low profile for a while. And that's precisely what he did for many years. He dropped off the radar until 1729 when it emerged that Levasseur had been working as a pilot in Antongle, climbing aboard ships and helping captains steer their way through the area's many danger spots. 
But one day, he ended up aboard the wrong ship, Le Madus, owned by none other than the French East India Company. The captain would have recognized the buzzard anywhere, and the pirate was arrested on the spot. He was taken to Bourbon, where he was put on trial, and to nobody's great surprise, he was sentenced to death by hanging. On July 1730, he walked up to the gallows with dozens of onlookers watching as the executioner slipped the noose around his neck. Just before he died, Olivier Levasseur tossed a piece of paper bearing a mysterious cryptogram into the crowd. Legend has it that he then cried out, my treasure to whomever may find it. Three centuries later, and people are still searching for the buzzard's legendary treasure. I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and this has been an Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.